Hello there, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, a podcast for and by entrepreneurs, successful business people, and those of us who deal with not only the ups and downs of business, but the pain, frustration, and all the good things that come along with chronic illness. Today, we're going to be talking with Paul Maskill, and I know that we're going to have some wonderful insights on not only how to run a successful, thriving business, but what we as people with chronic illnesses and disabilities can take for ourselves and put into effect so that we can thrive as well as our business. Welcome, Paul. Um, Paul is the founder of the Ultimate Freedom Mastermind. After building his own business from 50 to five, what is that, 500,000 in four years and selling it to a lucrative return, Paul set out on a new mission. He watched his father pour everything he had into his own service-based business for 40-plus years until he could physically no longer do the work. With no employees and no systems, Paul's father was not able to capitalize on all of the work and risk he put in for four decades. The sale of the company was simply selling off the truck and equipment. Today, Paul helps other small business owners automate their business so it can thrive without them, enabling them to leverage that business to build a life that they love. Welcome. Thanks, Nancy. Excited to be here. It sounds like you're the perfect person for us to be talking to. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to the conversation. Yeah, I'm, I, I talk a lot about, for my own team as well as for my clients and for my listeners here on the show, about doing automation and about creating the processes and the structures that allow us to work on our business, not work in our business. And I think that's so important. And it's like you said in your bio, there comes a time, sadly, when for many of us, we can no longer put in. I used to work from four o'clock in the morning until midnight, seven days a week. And I'd say, oh, you mean I have to get some sleep? I've got way too much to do yet, you know, and I was ready, willing, and able to keep going. And now by about one o'clock in the afternoon, I'm going, can I take a nap? <laughs> Please, can I take a nap? So there comes a time when we need to figure out other ways to do things. So let's start out this conversation talking about automation and why you see it as so important. Yeah, I think, you know, really based on what you said, it is so important to build a business that can thrive without you because you never know what's going to happen. And the only way to be in control of that and to really guarantee, quote unquote, guarantee that money will come in regardless if something happens to you. For me, it was asking myself the question, what happens if I got hit by a bus? And the answer was not good because I was the sole responsible person for the success of the business. Now I had employees delivering the, the service, 
but they wouldn't have a job if I wasn't there because I was making everything else go. So to me, I didn't want to be in that vulnerable position if something did happen and put my family and employees and customers in that position as well. So I think that's why it's so important. A lot of times business owners get hung up that, well, nobody can do it as well as I can. And I'm the only one who can do this. And I've tried hiring and I just can't find good help. And they, they come up with more or less excuses because in my mind, they are excuses because there's other business owners out there that are doing it. And in my opinion, if they can do it, so can you. So that's really, in my opinion, why it is so important because you need to build an asset that can produce revenue with or without you since you did take the risk to, you know, to do it. And especially if anybody listening to this is going through some chronic illness or chronic disability, that really, you know, should be the motivation because what if something happens with that? Yes, it might be a little bit harder for you than other people to go through that, but the reward on the other side is so nice, gives you the peace of mind. You can take a nap at one o'clock and not worry about, is my phone going to ring? Is the email going to ding? What if I miss somebody while I'm taking a nap? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I was thinking I've actually had experiences where years ago in my brick and mortar business, I had a couple of employees and I got sick and I was literally out of my office for two years. I was blind. I had four major surgeries over a two-year period of time for glaucoma. And I had to, three to six months at a time, I had to lay flat on my back. I couldn't move. I had patches. I couldn't see. And I had to leave the operations of my business to my employees. When I got back after that time lapse, I had no business left you know, because they didn't know how to run it. They, there weren't these processes in place and the business was gone. So I think we almost need to take a basic step backwards first and get our listeners to say to themselves, what do I want from this business? Is it something that I get up and go to work every day and, you know, gives me something to do and makes me a paycheck that I can, you know, pay bills with at the end of the week? Or is it something more? Is it something that I want to have as a legacy? Is it something that I want to be able to have continue after I'm not able to run it any longer? If that's the case, then I think it is very important that we figure out the processes and how to do them right now. For sure. Don't put yeah. them off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, I tell, there's all sorts of different quotes out there that can inspire people to do that. But one that just came to mind because I was talking to somebody about earlier is the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. Since we can't do that, the second best time is now. So you might as well get started now. And to your point, it really depends on what your vision is. Once you know what, where you want to go, it makes it a lot easier to put a plan in place to figure out how to get there. And you might just want to be a sole proprietor and that's totally fine. I think the key to that then is if you are trading time for money, make sure the money you're making, then you're reinvesting somewhere else. Someone like my father wasn't doing that. So he was making a lot of money, trading time for money, really good at his craft, but then was spending that money and there was no other vehicle to take care of him if he couldn't work. So you can totally do that. I know plenty of people that that's what they do. They trade a lot of time from, you know, they trade time for a lot of money and then take that money and reinvest it in 
other businesses, real estate, the market, life insurance, whatever it might be, which is great. But the key is having that clarity of where do I want to go? And then what kind of business do I need to build in order to get there? And to your point, I think a lot of business owners, they just start hiring. It's like, well, people told me to hire someone to hire. And they hire someone for really good technical skills. Well, this was like, he was the general manager at this store. So he should be able to run my brick and mortar. But you don't, he doesn't know how to do it the way your business is supposed to be doing because that's all stuck in your head. So when you build the foundation, take the time for the systems and processes, it then empowers you to be able to hire for personality and train for the job because you have all those systems and processes in place. And then you can hire really awesome people that you can know, like, and trust no matter what, if you're there or not. Yeah. And I think the next step in all of that is once you decide this is what I want to do, and if you decide this is a long-term investment in whatever, and I do want this business to outlast me, what do you then need to do? What's the next step? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think that's where a lot of people probably get paralysis by analysis because it's like, what should I do next? There's like a hundred different things I need to do, and where do I start? So kind of going back two minutes is first you got to know what your vision is what your why is what kind of what kind of lifestyle do you want and why do you want that and then what kind of business do you need to build in order to achieve that and once you know where you're going and it makes it a little bit easier to then just start chunking it down one step at a time so i i equate it to a road trip you're in michigan my family's in michigan i'm in north carolina so i know where i'm at i just analyze everything where i'm at i know where i'm going i'm going to michigan now I can get in the car and have checkpoints along the way to make sure I know where I'm, know I'm still on track. And even when I leave, I need to know who's coming with me, what supplies do I need, how long am I, it makes it a lot easier. Instead of most business owners, they're in their car, they drive all day, but they aren't getting close to their destination because they don't know where their destination is. And they're just driving and they feel like, this is really great. Like I'm busy, look at me go. And then 10 years goes by and it's like, you still haven't made it to Michigan. <laughs> yeah. So once you know where you're going and you know why you're going there and you know where you're at, then really kind of the tactical steps of what I like to do is really start to break it down by what do we need to take off of your plate? And in my opinion, everyone has different opinions, but my opinion, there are basically five big systems to your business. And it basically follows the customer journey. The first one is lead generation. So what activities do I do to get people interested in my business? So that's kind of your first system. The next one is sales. So now converting those interested people into paying customers. So that's kind of your second system. The next two systems are really kind of delivering the service. So you're either delivering the actual service, which is a third system, or you're focusing on the customer service and customer experience. That's kind of your fourth system. And then the fifth one is all the backend stuff, which is your operations. So that could be your receivables, your payables, your invoicing, your you know, your system to keep all your customers straight, your CRM. So when you start to chunk it down by that, then I recommend everyone just write down every single activity that you do in those fields, in those systems. And then you start to build mini processes for each one. And then it's really easy to start delegating because it's not like I have to delegate everything. You just need to delegate one thing at a time over and over and over. And the way to delegate it is first you need to perfect it, which doesn't mean it's perfect, it just is done in a way that somebody else could do it. So we do so many things in our business. It's like, I don't know if anybody could do it this way, but I'm doing it this way because that's how I've done it. So doing it in a systematic way where it happens the same way every time, documenting how it's done using simple technology like screen recording software like Zoom, 
and then you can delegate it or automate it. So sometimes we can automate it with technology. Sometimes we need to use humans to do it. And my number one recommendation around all that is don't use technology if it's going to make the customer experience worse. We've run into all these big companies who you call their 1-800 number and you get so mad talking to a robot. That's automation, but it makes the customer experience worse. So just because the technology can do it doesn't mean it should do it. Now, I'm a huge fan of technology, but it has to improve the customer experience and not make it worse. So yeah. that's kind of in a nutshell what, what I would recommend the listeners get started with. Yeah, yeah that little talk right there made me I laughed because I see myself and it almost inevitably happens when I'm talking to my internet provider <laughs> and something's gone down I'm in the middle of a podcast and I've lost my internet and I try to call and I get this press one for press two for can I help you and it's this automated voice and I'm going representative you know and my husband will sit here laughing his head off at me because I'm about ready to throw the phone across the room and in the meantime, I still don't have any internet, you know, so that is a very good sign of technology not working. <laughs> For sure. Ironically, from a technology company, more or less. So, yeah, so just kind of, I like to put my lens through the customer's experience. Is this going to make their experience better? Yes. Let's invest in it. Is it going to make it, is it going to make our life easier, but their life worse? Let's not do it. Because yeah. usually then that falls on your employees. So can you imagine how upset, like, every Spectrum or Time Warner or Comcast help representative is because everyone they talk to is so mad because it took them so long to talk, to get to somebody. So then you're putting your employees in these positions, which is basically a lose-lose scenario. Yeah. And, and they always say, would you mind taking this, you know, two minute survey at the end of our call? And I'm going, you don't want me to take the survey. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I'm not taking your survey. It's not a good thing. So yeah, and I mean, it's it's really kind of funny because my company's going through this to a certain extent right now. I have recently realized that I cannot do everything myself. I have a limited amount of time that I have energy to get up and do things and that I want at one o'clock, I want to go take a nap, you know, so we've had to uh, bring on some new staff and I love them dearly, but my uh, assistant and I have been together for a couple of years and we work flawlessly. We can finish each other's sentences. We know exactly what we're talking about. We don't even have to make sense in a sentence and we know what the other one's trying to say. But we don't have that same relationship with my two new team members. And the other day we were on a, a call and I'm saying, okay, you need to do this and you need to do this. And somebody was sending back to me, well, should I do this? And somebody was sending to, to my assistant. And, you know, there's all of this confusion and turmoil going on because we don't have those processes in place yet. You know, and we don't know what we're talking about at this point. We're still trying to figure it all out. But one of the things that we're trying to figure out is how do we do this sales process? Is it something that, you know, how how do we get from point A, which is that first piece you talked about with the interest to point B, where you're actually having a, a conversation with someone, to point C, where they're buying. 
is this a, a an automated funnel? Is this something that one of my team members does? Do we want to make it personal? Can we do it through a chatbot or does it need to be a live person? You know, all of these things are being taken into consideration right now because it is exactly what you say. We want we don't want to turn potential customers away. We want them to say, hey, this is the kind of service that we're looking for. Yeah, and that's, you know, I think the power of a team too, just by having the ability to go through that with other people because we get so tunnel vision and we think this is, this is going to work, right? But then when you have three other team members to bounce it off and get different ideas and have that feedback and then have the manpower to then pivot when need be, like oh well that didn't work as well as we thought what else could we try so i was listening to a podcast yesterday they said this guy was building a culture in his business and he said one of their rules one of their core values is there's no complaining unless you have a better solution so you can complain but just provide a solution so when you have a team it's like nancy this really doesn't work well do you have a better solution like hey let's try this so then you start to build that accountability and the ability to have those conversations with your employees when you're hiring the right personalities makes it so much easier because people don't take it personally. It could have been Joe's idea. And then when we tell Joe it doesn't work, Joe doesn't need to take it personally. It's like, hey, the market's telling us it doesn't work. So being able to have a system makes it so much easier to determine success as well because you should have measurables in place instead of most businesses like, well, what's your sales process? Like, I don't know, I just talk to people. And when you are forced to systematize it, it makes it a lot less likely that something is going to go awry because you have these kind of checks and balances in place. And then with the team in place, you have multiple checks and balances. And then you have those, like you said, you get on a call or you meet in person. It's like, hey, what's working? What's not working? What can we tweak? So you're mm-hmm. constantly improving. I have this voice going off in my head that I'm, I'm hearing our listeners and I'm hearing my clients and, I'm, and the voice is saying, I'm confused. I know that I need to do something, but I I just want to take a nap. What do I need to do? How do I even start to figure out these things? What, what is, what is the step that I need to take? You know, you've, you've got to have a point A, you've got to say, all right, I know where I'm going. But even before you say, I know where I'm going, you have to say, I think I know where I'm going. I think I want to go to Michigan, you know, but number one, how do I figure out if that's the right place for me to go? And number two, what are the tools that I need to get me there? You know, it's it's easy to say I need to create processes. How do I do it? (laughs) Yeah, that's a good question. So to answer your first question of how do you really know where you want to go I, I'm a numbers person, so I first like to figure out what does my ideal life look like? Why am I building this business? What is it going to enable me to enable me to do? So for me personally, we have a three-year-old daughter, so we want to be able to travel with her. When Here in North Carolina, just quick 10-second tangent is they go to school year-round. So they go to school for nine weeks, and then they take three weeks off. <laughs> and they just do that until they get to high school, and then they go to a regular calendar. But for those three weeks, we want to be able to go live somewhere else. We want to be able to travel take her places, do fun things as a family. So that's where I want to go. That's what I want my business to enable and empower my family to do. So now I know very clearly what I want to go. Now I need to figure out how much is it going to cost in time and money? So how much time 
will that allow me to work in my business? So if I'm traveling, how much time do I really want to work? And then how much money do I actually need to make in order to do that for my family? And we have other personal goals, like we want to pay off our house in a couple of years and we don't want any debt. And, you know, we have other financial goals. So when you can come up with a concrete number, it's probably a lot less than what most people think too. A lot of times we get enamored with the seven figures and we want to make millions, but your ideal number is probably a lot less than what you really think it is. So I have determined what our family's ideal number is. And then I can figure out, well, how many, so how many clients do I need? How many people do I need on my team to serve those people? And then can I make that happen? So doing kind of a financial analysis and making it really black and white so that it's not, well, I think it's like six hours to Michigan. And I think I'll probably need like shorts and a t-shirt. Well, you probably need more than that, you know? So really getting clear on what you need, what you want, and then what kind of business how big of business, how many people on my team and taking the mo taking the time to do that exercise makes it really gives you a lot of clarity to then, okay, I want to be there. I don't want to get there in two years. So in our family situation, we want to get there in two years when she's in kindergarten. Okay. So maybe I need a hundred clients. And by the time that time frames come and I got 25 right now. So now I know I need to bring on 75 new clients in the next two years. And when you do that way, it's like, oh, that's really not that bad because that's 37 a year. And, you know, that's one every week and a half or whatever the number is. So then it's, okay, I, I know I need to do that to keep the business growing. And then what do I need to do on the back end to enable myself to hire people? And that's where the systems and processes come in. Figuring out what do you hate doing? Whatever your assistant does is probably because you didn't want to do it. It wasn't worth your time. You didn't like doing it. And then, okay, let's get rid of that first. Let's create some training videos for her. Let's do some screen recordings. Let's do some Zoom training, however it might be. But once you get clarity on where you want to go and how much money you need and how many people you need to go with you, then it's a lot easier to figure out what you need to do today. And that's really your accountability filter is everything you do now, is that getting me closer to my goal? Well, no. Why am I spending an hour doing this? I shouldn't be doing this. Either somebody else should be doing it or nobody should be doing it. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's interesting because these are some of the things that I talk about as well with my clients is figuring out, I have a, we're, we're back to the roadmap again, because I, everybody that starts out working with me does a three and a five year roadmap. And you are way too young to remember something like this. But I talk about when I was growing up, my parents would take us on a vacation every summer and our insurance company was triple A. Triple A. <laughs> and we would go to, or my, my mom would go to triple A and say, we're going on a vacation. We, we live here in Michigan and we're going to Kentucky or to wherever. Get us there and back. And we would get what they called a triptych, which was a book of calendars and it was the roadmaps and it would start out with our home address and they would highlight they would take a yellow highlighter and they would draw out the map of the different roads and how we were going to get from where we started to where we were going and back again and along the way they'd say oh there's a detour here. You're going to have to go this way. And they put a different color highlighter in where the detour was. Then they'd take another highlighter and they'd say, this is a really good spot to go see, you know, take some time and go visit. This is a great tourist attraction. So it would give us 
detours. It would give us roadblocks. It would give us all these different things that could happen along the route. The same thing is true with our business. You know, we we need to figure all of those things out. My ex-husband and I would have a date night every single Friday night. We'd get out in our car in the driveway, he'd turn on the engine, and we would sit there because we had no clue where we were going. And we would eventually just turn off the car, get out of the car, go inside and fix dinner at home because we couldn't figure out where we wanted to go. Now, take those things and turn them into business. And you can see what can happen. And I get people who will say, I can't tell you where I want to be in a year. I can't even figure out what I want to do tomorrow. And I'm going, well, sweetheart, you're not going to have much of a business, (laughs) you know, if you can't figure out what it is you want to do down the road a little ways. But when you when you figure out where you want to go, then I think the next step is that you're talking about is actually implementing these processes. There are so many and I I'm a process geek. I love the tools. I love all the Internet toys and gadgets. And uh, Cindy, my assistant, keeps telling me I have shiny object syndrome because I'll say, oh, I just found this software. Do you think this is going to work better for us? Or, oh, you know, I like this. Let's try this. And she goes, what we're doing works. (laughs) Leave it alone. (laughs) So how how do you talk to people that are trying to figure out what it is that they need to do? Yeah. So, I mean, I think your AAA example is so spot on because if you think about that, you had a guide, you had someone showing you the way that has done that before and they've seen other people do that before. You could have done that by yourself. By the time, if you ever made it to Kentucky, you might not have. (laughs) Everybody would hate each other. You wouldn't even want to be there. You'd want to be back home. You don't even know how to get back home. So a lot of business owners are so they're entrepreneurs for a reason because we can do this ourselves. We can figure it out. I'm not meant to follow rules, which is true. And that can get us very far in a good way, but it can also be a big detractor. So I see a lot of businesses, they just don't have a guide. Now we have this fabulous thing called the GPS where we just say, I want to go to Kentucky and it's constantly recalculating 24 seven until you get to where you want to go. Oh, crash ahead. Oh, policeman ahead. Oh, detour. But in our business, it's like, like you and your ex-husband, it's like, okay, I'm in my car. I'm ready to go. I don't know where I'm going or what you also do. And my wife and I am guilty. It's like, all right, let's go out to eat. Not as much now that we have a kid because kind of have to plan these things. But before be like, all right, where do you want to go? Oh, it doesn't matter. So we're driving like, Hey, you want to go here? No, I don't want to go there. I'm like, you said it didn't matter. Okay. Let's keep driving. No, do you want to tell you? No, we had Italian last. So it's like, it did matter. And you knew where you were going. It just took somebody to kind of extract it from you. So that's where I find the value in having that mentor, having that coach, having that group of accountability partners, whoever it might be, to pull that out of you. Because sometimes we, we probably know where we're going. We just need to be asked the right question. So even if you wanted to go to Kentucky and your parents said, let's go on a vacation. I don't really know where we want to go. Okay. Do you want to go to the beach? No, I don't want to go to the beach. Okay. Well, that eliminates like a massive amount of country. Okay. Do you want to go to the mountains? No, nah, a little too cold in the mountains. Okay, well, how far do you actually want to drive? Less than eight hours. Okay, so now we're like, you can't go on the coast of Michigan. You can't go on Illinois. You can't go on, like, so now it's like, okay, well, these are your options. Oh, I actually, I know I really want to go to Kentucky because I've always wanted to see Louisville. 
Okay, well, that's where we're going. So when you have somebody to ask those questions and pull it out of you and then show you how to get there, it makes it way easier. It saves you so much time. We were in England and Scotland this past fall and I was being cheap. I rented a car and they're like, do you want GPS? No, 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 we can figure it out. We got there. I had like all these maps printed out, like old school map quests, like all printed out, gave it to my buddy and we're driving on the other side of the road. So I gave it to my buddy over here and the lady, the lady that was checking us out of the rental car, she's like, are you sure you don't want GPS? She's like, let me do you a favor. I'm going to throw it in at no cost because you're going to, you're going to really appreciate this. She hooked up the GPS on her car off and running. And like after a week, I was like, I would have paid a hundred dollars a day for that GPS because it saved us so much time. We enjoyed the trip more. We didn't kill each other. We didn't make wrong turns. We didn't get in a wreck. And we knew where all the detours were because their traffic, especially in Scotland, you're kind of out in the country. They could just say, oh, sorry, road's closed. And it's like, well, where do I go? It's like, I'm in the middle of nowhere. So having that GPS, having that coach, that mentor, that guide to pull out where you want to go and then show you how to get there is so crucial in my opinion. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And and it, it just makes so much sense. But then if we take it to this to the next step and, and you figured these things out, for instance, I had heard of, you know, I used to use a program called Asana. I've used all these other programs out there and I never really liked any of them and they never worked the way I wanted to. And now that we've got this team together, one of the team members says, Hey, I use Slack all the time. Let's use Slack. And I'm going, you know, we could just talk. It's not a big deal. But then we got started using Slack and it is absolutely wonderful. And I could do a Google search and I could say, well, remember two weeks ago, I assigned you this and it's not been done yet. Where are you on, on that point? You know, so you can, you can implement the technology, you can implement the different tools, but if you don't have that coach or mentor, or even if you do, something I might recommend to you may not make a lot of sense to you and you need to find something else. What are your suggestions to people who are trying to actually create these processes and they don't know where to go other than just say, okay, I'm Googling processes and you're going to get a million things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So one Slack is like the best thing ever. We've been using it for, I think five years now. And it's one of those things you can't really explain. Like if you try to tell someone why it's awesome, they're like, we can do that with email and text message and zoom and all that, but it's great. So I commend you for that. I love Slack. So anybody out there, if you have a team, use Slack as your communication platform, it keeps everything in one place. And you can, like you said, search for anything. So if people are wondering, okay, I know I need to start documenting this and I don't know what to do. So I would recommend you use Zoom. So Zoom is what we're talking on. You can create a meeting by yourself and you can record your screen. So a lot of the stuff we do is on our computer and you need to teach someone else how to do that. So Zoom is free, turn on Zoom, hit record, and it'll start recording your screen. And you can say, okay, Nancy, this is how we run this morning report every day. So you're gonna go here, go to this platform, hit export, export it to Excel, move these columns around just like this, put this here, put that there, save it as a CSV file and send it to so-and-so, say that's your process. So you've recorded that video, now you can send it to somebody else. And there's really like less than 1% chance that whoever you give it to is not gonna do it the exact same way you did it. 
because before they watched it, they didn't even know, they didn't have any other idea how to do it. So where a lot of business owners get stuck is, hey, Nancy, this is how you do it. Go here, run this report. And they might just type it out or write it out or tell you over the phone. And then all of a sudden, Nancy's like, I don't know, I, th I think he told me to do this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go this way. And then Nancy doesn't do it the way I wanted to. We're both frustrated. But when you can record the video and do a voiceover and just send it to them, it also makes their life easier because they can pause, rewind, fast forward. They can kind of do it at their own pace and they don't feel like they're being judged or being watched. And really, for me, it works so well because my first corporate job was before this technology. And I sat next to the person I was learning from with my notepad and wrote down every single thing they did for the entire eight hours. And they said, okay, Paul, try it tomorrow. By the time tomorrow came, I was like, I don't even know why I wrote this. I don't know what this means. Yeah. I know they told me I had to do this and they probably expect me to do this and I don't want to feel stupid. So I'm just going to try and wing it. And it takes me like six hours to do a task that took like 10 minutes. And then I didn't do the way they wanted to. So with the technology now, and if it is an in-person task, you can just use your phone. Everyone has a phone that has a very powerful camera. It doesn't have to be pretty. It just has to be functional. So that's exactly where I would start just to get the ball rolling. I love it. I think those are some excellent suggestions. We've really covered a lot in our just over a half hour conversation and I could keep going for a long time, but we're about out of time. So if there were one thing that we did not talk about today that you think needs to be talked about, what would that be? Yeah, I would say just get started. So the worst case scenario is never as bad as we think it's going to be. We always think if I do this, like it's going to crash and burn and all this stuff. But in reality, what I tell everybody is what you're doing right now is probably the worst case scenario. So if you're afraid to delegate or you're afraid to put systems in place, say you go do it. And this is my mentality because I was burned out and I was frustrated. I said, I'm going to delegate all this to Nancy. If Nancy doesn't do it the way I want it to, it's just going to come back to me anyway, which is where it is right now. So I might as well try it because I have nothing to lose and everything to gain. And I know I'm going to learn something. Now, it didn't just happen overnight. Obviously, it was like, building. So getting to that mindset, I think is the biggest thing, but really the worst case scenario is never as bad as we think it's going to be. We aren't doing brain surgery here. Whatever our business is, it's not life or death. It's a matter of how do you react to things that don't go the way you want it to. And let's put a system in place to make sure it doesn't happen again. So that's what I would leave your listeners with. No matter what you're doing, the worst case scenario is never as bad as we think it's going to be. So just get started. I love it. Guys, you heard him just get started. I hope you took some notes today and are ready to get out there and just get started. You can hear this and all of our other podcasts on Thursday evenings at 5 p.m. Eastern at www.flyingpigs.podbean.com. Love to hear from you. Tell us what you like. Tell us what you'd like to have. Let us know where you're at and your thoughts. Lots of great presentations, both in the past and coming up. This was a wonderful time today. Thank you so much, Paul. And everyone, get out there, be productive, and soar higher. Take care, everybody, and bye-bye. Are you ready to get started in your business but don't know how to make the first step? 
Nancy would love to help you. As a disability advocate and a successful entrepreneur, Nancy can help your business to easily earn more, have control of your time, and take care of your physical health challenges. Just go to businesssuccessunlimited.com and use the contact form at the bottom of the page to schedule your call to see if you're a good fit. Nancy is ready to help you reach your goals.